Welcome to the Grateful Podcast Show, where we explore the power of gratitude. Today's podcast is sponsored by GratefulTShirts.com. Wear and share your gratitude. In today's podcast, we have the reading of two blog posts from a three-part series blog post by Alyssa, G- Alyssa at GoodIntheSimple.com. The first post is, I'm grateful but not necessarily content, followed by the second post, Three Ways to Boost Your Attitude of Gratitude. For the third post, Guilt-Free Gratitude, I encourage you to visit her website, GoodIntheSimple.com. Alyssa's blog, GoodIntheSimple.com, is focused on sharing things that inspire, that encourage, and that makes life better without making it more complicated. Thank you, Alyssa, for giving us permission to share your blog. An Attitude of Gratitude Gratitude is a topic that often comes up when Thanksgiving rolls around, but it's a worthwhile topic to talk about all year round. I want gratitude to be part of who I am rather than something I just conjure up during the holidays or whenever something good happens in my life. Not only does it feel like you have to have a grateful outlook on life, but the benefits of gratitude are scientifically proven to affect everything from your relationships to your stress level to the quality of your sleep. This past November, I explored the topic of gratitude in a series of three blog posts. The first post, I'm grateful but not necessarily content, covers the relationship between gratitude and contentment. It's easy to feel grateful when things are going our way and we have the best of the best, but it's a lot harder to feel grateful when we're not where we want to be or we long for something we don't have yet. The second post, Three Ways to Boost Your Attitude of Gratitude, discusses actionable steps you can take every day to enhance your attitude of gratitude. Just like anything else, gratitude takes practice. It might feel silly to have to remind yourself to be grateful, but after time it will become a way of life instead of something you need to work on. Three, the third post, Guilt-Free Gratitude, explores the relationship between gratitude and guilt. A lot of people think there's a right and wrong way to be grateful. They feel guilty for being grateful for material things and think they should only be grateful for basic needs. But any type of gratitude is good, and the more things you are grateful for, the better. I hope you enjoy these posts as much as I enjoyed writing them. Feel free to leave comments with your thoughts on gratitude and any struggles or suggestions you have in regard to leading a grateful life. I'm grateful, but not necessarily content. If someone were to ask me to name things I'm grateful for, I'd have no problem coming up with the list. One, I'm grateful for the roof over my head. Two, I'm grateful for the abundant food I have to eat. Three, I'm grateful for the clothing I have to wear. Four, I'm grateful for the freedoms my country provides. Five, I'm grateful for my healthy and functional body. Six, I'm grateful for my family and friends. That's just for starters. And if someone asked me why I'm grateful, I could answer that easily too. One, I'm grateful for the roof over my head because I know many people are homeless. Two, I'm grateful for the abundant food I have to eat because I know others are starving. Three, 
I'm grateful for the clothing I have to wear because I know others lack basic needs. Four, I'm grateful for the freedoms my country provides because I know some live with oppression and hate and there are refugees with no place to call home. Five, I'm grateful for my healthy and functional body because so many are sick or disabled. Six, I'm grateful for my family and friends because I know others have lost loved ones or lack a strong and loving support system. But say that pesky, overly inquisitive person went on to ask me how often I feel grateful and how long those feelings of gratitude last. That's where I have an issue because I'd have to admit that my feelings of gratitude are often short-lived and conditional. I don't ever have a problem conjuring a sense of gratitude when I'm thinking of those who have less. When I hear about people living in poverty or in war-torn countries, or I hear unfortunate news of someone's failing health or failing marriage or lost job, I feel genuinely appreciative and thankful for what I have. What is much harder is feeling truly grateful when comparing myself to those who have more. The gratitude I feel for my home tends to wilt a little when I step into someone else's much larger, newer, nicer home. My feelings of gratitude for the clothing that keeps me warm and dry tends to dissipate when I spend time with a more stylish friend or step into a mall and see the newest must-have fashions. It's not a pretty thing to admit, but I can't imagine I'm alone in the fact that if I were to add an honest dot 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 to my above statements about gratitude, they'd probably sound a lot like this. 1. I'm grateful for the food on my table because I know others are starving, but I wish we had the money to be able to eat out more. I swear everyone we know has tried out that new restaurant already. 2. I'm grateful for my healthy and functional body because I know so many are sick or disabled, but I'd love to look like that woman at gym who has amazing abs and perfect hair. 3. I'm grateful for my loving family and friends. But that group of ladies on Facebook sure seems to have a way more exciting social life than I do. And this is where the real work needs to begin when it comes to living a grateful life. I think that we need to find contentment in order to truly live in a state of gratitude, rather than just experiencing gratitude in bursts. If we can work towards feeling grateful regardless of who or what we're comparing ourselves to, then we develop a more authentic, deeper sense of gratitude that lasts instead of the fleeting gratitude that comes when we hear of others' misfortune or sit down at the Thanksgiving table. Being grateful and content doesn't mean we can't aspire to better things. My blogging friend Laura wrote a great post about what contentment is and what it isn't, and in it she points out that being content doesn't mean that you don't have goals or things you'd like to improve about your life. It just means that you don't let your wants consume you and you don't let the dot dot dots derail your sense of gratitude. In focusing on gratitude this month, I want to focus on contentment too. I don't just want to be grateful for things I have that others don't. I want to be grateful in spite of what others have that I don't. My challenge, pay attention to what steals your sense of gratitude. Make an effort to feel grateful in those moments when gratitude comes the least naturally. I'd love to hear from you guys about what you do to encourage a grateful way of thinking or any areas in which you struggle. Please share in the comments. Three ways to boost your attitude of gratitude. 
I've known some people in my life who just ooze gratitude and contentment. They could be stranded on a desert island with rain pouring down on their heads and a pack of angry wolves growling at them from the bushes nearby and they would find something positive about the situation. That's not me. It's my natural tendency to be a little more glass half empty. I have to work at finding the good in situations that don't seem obviously good. I don't think it makes me a horrible person, it just means I need practice. Since an attitude of gratitude isn't necessarily my first inclination, I need little reminders once in a while. Gratitude takes practice, just like anything else we want to improve. It might feel silly or futile to constantly have to remind yourself to be grateful, but when you do it consistently, you'll start to see that those grateful feelings come more and more naturally and frequently. Three ways to boost your attitude of gratitude. One, create visual reminders. Last year, I bought a t-shirt that says, gratitude is my attitude from my friend, Ali Katz, who is an author and mindfulness meditation teacher here in Houston. Unfortunately, she doesn't sell the shirts anymore. Otherwise, I'd provide a link. I didn't buy the shirt because I'm such a grateful person, but because I'd like to be. The thing is, when you're wearing a slogan across your chest that says, gratitude is my attitude, it really forces you to be more aware of your thoughts and actions. Can you imagine what it would look like to others if I were wearing that shirt while loudly complaining at Starbucks that my latte isn't frothy enough or telling a friend that my life was ruined because I had to reboot my cable box in the middle of my favorite reality show? I've noticed on the days when I wear my gratitude shirt, I'm more cognizant of how and what I'm thinking, more conscious of what I say to others and more grateful overall. I sometimes put it on when I'm having a bad day knowing that it will help me to have the perspective I need to get out of my funk. On a side note, does anyone know where I can buy a t-shirt that says, I know exactly where my cell phone and keys are at times, or one that says, I'm super patient, especially while driving. Just like the red string around the finger trick, I think that having a visual reminder to be grateful can go a long way. You could hang a framed quote about gratitude on a bedroom wall, Perhaps you could wear a bracelet or another piece of jewelry that reminds you to think grateful thoughts whenever you look at it. You could have an inspirational mug that you drink coffee out of every morning to help you set your attitude for the day. Or you could do something as simple as writing a note to yourself that says, be grateful and sticking it to your refrigerator, your computer or anywhere else you frequently look. Two, write it down. On her blog, Ali wrote a fantastic post about simple ways to practice gratitude on a daily basis. She talks about the benefits of keeping a gratitude journal or making a stress gratitude list in which you write down all of your stresses and then counterbalance it by listing the things you're grateful for. I love that she provides a way to acknowledge your stress and your gratitude instead of simply burying the stress. Sometimes people get the impression that they need to be a completely stress-free, cheerful Pollyanna in order to convey an attitude of gratitude, but I think it's about finding balance and putting your stress and worries into perspective. I don't know about you guys, but I'm constantly writing down notes, ideas and lists throughout the day. There's no reason not to use some of those same techniques to remind myself about all of the things I have to be grateful for. 3. Prayer and Meditation it's difficult to be grateful when you're going a million miles an hour in a million different directions. Spending just a few minutes in stillness and silence can help you to focus on all you have to be grateful for. 
If you have already designated time each day when you pray or meditate, try to incorporate some thoughts of gratitude into those moments. If you aren't used to taking any time to be still, give it a try. You can even set an alarm on your phone that goes off at the same time each day to remind you to stop, take a few breaths and focus on gratitude. Challenge. Try at least one of the above things to help you to remember to be grateful. See if it makes a difference. Today's podcast was sponsored by GratefulT-Shirts.com. Check them out for some of the best Grateful-themed T-shirts. Wear and share your gratitude at GratefulT-Shirts.com. The Grateful Podcast Show was created and produced by me, Victor Harper, who currently lives in the Dallas, Texas area. The voice heard in today's podcast was from the talented Victoria McCollum, a voice actor who, who lives in beautiful Cape Town, South Africa. Thank you, Victoria, for helping with today's podcast. And thank you all for listening and have a grateful day.